richest man in town. <laughs> They're cheering. We must be good. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks. And for the 153rd time, I'm joined by... Brendan Fitzpatrick. And uh, last week, we talked about The Worst Person in the World, the best movie of 2021, in my case. And uh, this week, due to a... Brendan, why don't you fill this out? What's the connection... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is the connection between this and... I mean, uh, <laughs> I have stuff written down. Um, what, why what? don't we just jump into title connection? Uh, because I don't really know what, like, the, like, what is, like, the one-sentence summary of why we connected from Worst Person in the World to It's a Wonderful Life there is. is. No, there is no one-sentence summary. It's all about a person who has expectations for what they, are, they want their life to be, and life never works out the way they planned. Ooh, so like expectations versus reality. Yeah, I did, that's what I wrote something. down in my notes is expectations versus reality. So my title connection is from worse to wonderful. Okay. And I, I feel like that kind of sums up both movies. Fair. And it, it does that alliteration from the two movies. So uh, due to life a- Life is the worst to life is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, due to a uh, uh, from worse to wonderful uh, connection. We will be talking sure. about the Christmas classic from 1946, It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, then at the end of the movie, we will decide on our next movie based on suggestions sent in by the listeners and us, your hosts. Uh, that will be movie number 50 on the year. We are very mm-hmm. quickly approaching the end of season three of this podcast. Absolutely. We only have three more episodes and then we get to yell, Happy New Year! Happy in New jail. Year, release a minisode, look in back jail. on all of our stats and awards for the year, Cut and then figure out what we're starting and... next year with. So, uh, yes. And... Uh, we were spoiling It's a Wonderful Life. So if you've never seen it, you should. It's the, tis the season. It's a classic. Yeah, um, it is, I think it's playing on probably like NBC uh, a bunch yeah. this month. Um, it will. Yeah, yeah, in the AMC and all those types of stuff. Yeah, somewhere it's it's playing probably every night. Um, mm-hmm. Also, a lot of movie theaters do special screenings for it. I know that Arlington Draft House by you does. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, Arlington Theater Draft by House. me does, although theirs isn't. Alamo the Draft House, not an Alamo Draft House. In D- Alamo Draft House in DC is doing it, as okay. well as the AFI Silver Spring. So, yeah. Oh, and you know what? It used to be Arlington that would do it, and they no longer do it now. They yeah, do it. yeah, yeah. Uh, also, it's streaming on. I watched it on Amazon Prime. Same. There's a couple different versions. There's a color version on Amazon Prime as well. Um, you can watch it on Hoopla. Yep. Although I think Megan the Librarian pointed out that the Hoopla version is the like legacy cut or edited. something. Yeah, it's edited yeah. for TV. Yeah. So it's edited down about thirty minutes. I actually think it's interesting that there is that legacy cut. I think I've probably seen the legacy cut more than mm-hmm. I've seen the theatrical cut because there were scenes in this that were actually a little bit like not that familiar to me. Um, interesting. And I've seen this movie a ton. I mean, I've definitely seen the scenes before, but they're just not ones I. So I don't know if it's like that their memory hold. Or that I've actually seen, like, uh, if the Arlington Draft House used to show that legacy cut, and that's why that's the version I've seen the most. Or it's just, like, there's a lot more happening in this movie than your memory of it. Because, like, when you think about this movie, you really only think about the last 20 minutes. You don't think about the first hour and 15. 
I, it leads I up to that. Like, no, I, 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 don't, I disagree. I, I, I disagree. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get into it. We'll yeah, we will. Um, All right. Uh, so, yes, so we always spoiling It's a Wonderful Life. So stream it, then come back and listen to this podcast. Or if you just want to see what we're going to be uh, or here, we're going to be watching next week. Mm-hmm. There's a timestamp in the description. You can always skip ahead. Uh, once they do pick our movie, send your feedback. And apparently the uh, Santa's bag of feedback this week is overflowing. It's robust. Right it's robust. Uh, there, there are large chunks of feedback for everyone. Nice. Uh, The feedback is overflowing, so we will be getting to that. But then for next week, send your feedback, ratings, and uh, questions and comments at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram and themovieladder at gmail.com. Of course, follow us on Letterboxd, The Movie Ladder. Um, As we get closer to the end of the year, Mm -hmm. are we just going to make the call? Are we saying we're going to do what we did last year? So season three, episode one will be – or season four, episode one will be – any movie that was suggested within this calendar year by you or by anybody else is eligible yep. for season four. Correct. Yep. Okay. Uh, so what I will do. And then I'll, I'll be taking, I'll be taking things that Zach suggested that we didn't, that didn't make the cut. And Zach will be taking things that I suggested right. that didn't make the that. cut. And then we will throw those in with the listener suggestions that didn't make the cut. And uh, we will decide what our first movie of the year is going to be. So the way, so you can always think about movies that you suggested during this year, like mm-hmm. as a listener. But if you want to suggest something, like let's say that Megan the Librarian suggested something earlier this year, and Olin really wants to suggest it, mm-hmm. uh, Olin is always welcome to do that. Um, and if you want to see stuff that's been suggested, you can check that watch list on Letterboxd. Um, I have to figure out how, what page it goes back to because there's 19 pages on here. It's probably oh, yeah. like. <laughs> page 10 page it's eight. probably somewhere right in the middle yeah yeah um, um i would i would guess so i have to look at what like the first you know uh yeah i would have but, to, i would um, have to do a little bit of investigating um mm-hmm. so i will in the description of this podcast it will say you can pick off our watch list through page x yep. um and i think there. in order to keep it manageable we said um let's max out at three listener so picks per listeners things. Uh, per listener so yeah. let's ma- let's max out at three suggestions per listener um and that'll that'll help uh help keep it nice and uh tight for yeah. whatever we pick for our first episode right um yeah i don't know i don't know how we're gonna do this um we'll have to we'll have to see just try to think about stuff that's been suggested throughout this year um so a few questions ask yeah. us because the thing is is this watch list number is going to change as i add movies to our watch list from this exactly. episode so i will say around page whatever that is. I mean, uh, I have a list, but I don't really want to give the listeners access to our, uh, to our Google drive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's probably about page eight, just looking yeah. through the stuff that's on page eight. that looks like that probably aligns with the quiet man. Um, actually we did the big sick this year, right? We did. Um, okay. So it's the, so the, I'm seeing stuff with Kamel on page eight. So it's at least okay. through page eight, maybe through page 10. Um, that's why we should do it by year. If if you could break out a watch list by year, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be good. Or if I just deleted our watch list at the end of yeah. each year to reset it, maybe that would be a way to do it. Um, I don't know. Nobody wants to listen to me sit here and try to figure out. I'm I'm guessing it's probably <laughs> no, no, the, first, the first ten pages of our watch list or so. Um, well, no, it should be. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, the first ten. Because yeah. every time something everything... is re-added to yeah, the watch list, it, it pushes the older it stuff. Pumps yeah. it back. It yeah. pumps it back yeah, to yeah. the top. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because on page 10, I'm starting to see Isn't there giant... a way to sort by date added? No, I don't think so. I thought there was. Uh, it just, yeah, you can sort, but you list. can't see, you can't filter by date added. This is so boring. Uh, okay. uh, all right, yeah. All right, okay. uh, anyway. Uh, 
yeah, probably through page 10. Um, yep. But, you know, ask us if you, if you need more detail on that. Um, yep. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Brooksier. He's at Fitzy Brendan. That is know. also true. Yep. All right. That is a lot of housekeeping uh, of as housekeeping. we get closer to the end of the year. And season four. Can you believe that we're going to be in season four of this podcast? I am excited. I can't believe we're in season four. Our uh, our graduation year, as it were. Sure. Yeah. Will, will we be running for re-election at the end of season yeah, four? Yeah. If it's season uh, uh, season four senior year, um, if we, you know, we're, we'll try not to get senioritis with the podcast. You know. Sounds good. All right. Um, well, let's uh, let's get into things uh, right away. What is the best thing you watched this week, Brennan? Zach, here's the thing. I, here's the thing. I am having a lot of trouble narrowing down what the best thing I watched this week is. Ah, okay. Because I watched uh, eight movies since the last time we talked. Look at you. I watched five documentaries. Look All of them were absolutely fantastic. And then I watched Tokyo Story, which everybody's talking about right now because of its placement on the 2022 Sight and Sound list. Is everybody talking about um, Tokyo Story? I everybody's talking Tokyo about Story. Tokyo Story. So, no, I haven't seen much Tokyo Story uh, discourse besides us talking about it last week before that um, came out. Yeah, so since we talked about it last week, Tokyo Story is fantastic. I gave it five stars. It was beautiful. Nice. Beautiful recommendation from you. There is one documentary above the others I watched this weekend that I want to talk about because it is relevant to this podcast. Zach, do you okay. know what that is? Uh, is it Robert Downey Jr. one? It is uh, not, although okay. that was fantastic. That's on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. I watched a little documentary by the director, Les Blank, about a little movie called Fitzcarraldo. Oh, really? Uh, this I didn't was, know there was a documentary about Fitzcarraldo. This was Burden of Dreams, released in 1982. It chronicles Werner Herzog's epic struggle to get uh, his epic film, Vince Corraldo Made, which we covered on this podcast last year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this documentary is insane. I mean, every struggle that happens on screen also happened off screen in the production of this movie. Um, Herzog basically ravages entire communities of their resources and their people in, att- in an attempt to get this freaking ship over a hill. And onto the other side so that he can mm-hmm. film it for his movie. I mean, dozens of people died in the making of this movie. Um, it, it is really crazy how life imitates art. It's really, it's really wild. Um, I highly recommend people check it out. It's only about ninety minutes long. It was on the Criterion Channel, and it's really, really fascinating, especially because um, it's been so long since we watched that movie. I mean, we watched that movie at the beginning of twenty twenty one, and so it was like I kind of wish that I had. Um, watched the movie again before I watched the documentary just to mm-hmm. have it more fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the fascinating things that I, I can't even remember if we talked about on the on the podcast or not is the original star of of, uh, of Vince Carrado was Jason Robards. And his co-star was the Rolling Stones' own Mick Jagger. Oh, wow. And when Jason Robards... Yeah, Robards came down with dysentery and had to drop out of the film. And once Robards was out and production was delayed again while Werner Herzog looked for a new star, Mick Jagger was like, I can't do this. I have to go on tour with the Stones. I can't keep putzing around in South America on your stupid film. And he dropped out of the film. And then instead of recasting the Mick Jagger part, they just wrote his part out of the movie completely. 
And like, so we missed all of these production details when we did that movie. Or maybe we didn't. I don't remember. We, this I mean, this is all new. To, this is all new to me. <laughs> well, I mean, it's also been almost two years since we talked about it. So true. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's interesting because speaking of movies that have a documentary mm-hmm. about the making of them, also Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. had has the heart of dark. Uh, not heart of darkness. Yeah, Hearts of Darkness. Is it called Hearts of Darkness? Yeah, Hearts of Darkness. Yeah, that's the the documentary about the making of that movie. Yeah, I looked for that to watch it because I watched this for my own personal movie letter. So I looked for Hearts of Darkness to watch next, and unfortunately, unfortunately, it wasn't on streaming anywhere. I couldn't find it, so I watched uh, Life Itself instead, the uh, Roger Ebert documentary, and then I realized that that was the perfect capstone to my entire personal movie letter. So I've decided to close my personal movie ladder at 53 movies for the year. For the year? Oh, that's yep. okay. 53 one, movies one for the year. Yeah, ending one bonus. With, uh, yeah, ending with Life Itself, the Roger Ebert documentary. See you um, at the movies. See, see you at the movies. Uh, all right, well, that <laughs> leads me very nicely into my best thing. Uh, and it's not the best thing I watched this, this week. Um, yeah. I did watch a couple movies this week, a couple that weren't hits, um, mm-hmm. a couple that were pretty good. Um, but... I uh, listened to an entire podcast series. I just Ooh. recently switched phones. I was moving my podcast over, and I realized I never listened to the uh, Gene and Roger series on The Ringer, oh. all about Ebert and or Siskel and Ebert. Um, yeah, and it was it was like eight episodes. They're only about a half hour a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm familiar with Siskel and Ebert, but it really chronicles kind of their rise as being uh, pop culture icons. Yeah, uh, the death of uh, the death of Gene Siskel, and then eventually the death of Roger Ebert, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just thought it was really interesting. It was kind of motivating for me in terms of being a, a you know, talking about movies, being a podcaster, and just kind of mm-hmm. seeing how they, uh, you know, the way that they moved, the uh, they moved into like the kind of the lexicon, the yeah, idea of the, of the, the movie reader reviewer. They became their thumbs up, thumbs down became like such a worldwide phenomena of like movie criticism. Yeah, and that they they um they actually trademarked it. So when they moved, they started on PBS, mm-hmm. and then they moved to um, Disney, and um, I think there were there they might have been on one in between then. There was uh, like a national w- syndication. WGN, yeah, they were syndicated. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's just a, it wasn't the best thing I watched this week, but it was movie related and the best thing, maybe the best thing I listened to. I'll have listened to a couple yeah. of podcasts this week. So, uh, especially now that you just mentioned the Roger Ebert documentary, I thought you know we can ladder our two best things we watched uh, this week yeah. together. So, yeah, so and I do want to watch that documentary now that I've. It's really it. great. I think you'll really like it. Um, it's really like both upsetting and life affirming, mm-hmm. just because like it story. doesn't shy away from all of the health struggles that Roger Ebert had towards the end of his life. In fact, it actually leans into them, and how he sort of found his voice despite everything that was going on with him health wise towards the mm-hmm. end of his life. And how he, like, didn't let that, like, destroy who he was, basically. Like, uh, yeah, um, it's really, really, um, really heartfelt and really, really well done documentary. I watched that on Canopy, actually. Um, the oh, nice. Library app. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Look at you. Um, which right. of us is the Cisco and which of us is the Ebert is my final question for you. Okay, so this is what they kind of got into this a little bit on the... Um, yeah. On the podcast. So they did actually, what reminded me of us is that, like, they talked about how much they'd actually, like, not just argue on the show, but yeah. they would really, like, kind of argue in real life, too. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. 
and they would butt heads about things. Um, and it seemed like from what they were saying, now I, I haven't watched many of their shows. I know you can watch a lot of them on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. Siskel seemed like he was more of the kind of contrarian, uh, skeptical, mm-hmm. cynical one. Cynical is the mm-hmm. word I was looking for. Uh, right, so yeah. I think that kind of aligns a little bit more with me. Um, yeah. And uh, and you're a little bit more of the Ebert. Um, oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. but I am wearing an Ebert-esque sweater right now. So There you go. Yeah. You know. So, um, but you know, we don't get the, I mean, and I mean, we don't get the two thumbs up or anything like that, but it is, you know, outside of this podcast, it's very rare for me to actually give anything a star rating on Letterboxd. I just give for it sure. a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And I am, uh, I'd love to see kind of what their stats were for how much they gave thumbs up versus thumbs down. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely more of the, like, I would say probably 90% of the things I watch, I give a, I give a, a like to on Letterboxd. I try to too. Yeah. Which a is because I appreciate movies and I like movies, so you can usually find things like I like in them. Even like I watched mm-hmm. Trainwreck this week and wasn't a huge fan of Trainwreck, but um, I there were things in it that I liked, um, and so mm-hmm. I gave that a thumbs up. And maybe my maybe my standards need to be higher a little bit, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I like movies. I usually can find something that I like in movies, and like usually if I'm watching movies, it's because like it's something I'm there's a reason I'm watching it, so I'm more likely to right. like it than to you know I'm not I'm not watching stuff I'm, I'm not expecting to dislike. Yeah. So. I did give something um, a rating without a like for the first time in a long time this weekend. I also watched Man of Steel. <laughs> that that got two stars and it did not get a like. So there you go. I remember I remember in the theater of Man of Steel wasn't a bad movie. It was like, you know, it's huge, it's big, but um, yeah. I'm sure it doesn't age that well. But right. uh, I also watched La Jete this week, okay. um, which is on that BFI sound, Sight and Sound list yeah. and it's a short it's only less than a half hour and it's the movie that inspired 12 monkeys oh. and i'm surprised that movie shows up on lists like that so often yeah because it's um i mean it's fine i just think it's i don't think it's that great like, I, I would not say it's one of the top 100 movies and i'm just surprised that it is showing up on these lists mm-hmm. so, um yeah all right well we've we we made people wait till christmas long enough to open their presents should we talk about it's a wonderful life let's do it all right, so it's a wonderful life. It's uh, 1940. I had it up in front of me. 1946. Frank Capra, Stewart, Donna Reed. Yeah, it's based on the on a short story called The Greatest Gift, mm-hmm. uh, which was published in 43. I think that's where I got 43 from. Um, and it is obviously loosely based on its Christmas Carol. I, I'd say like loosely. It's almost a little loosely. bit more lo- more than loosely based on Christmas Carol. Very um, loosely. Yeah, and it's and it's an archetype that is in a lot of movies um, and a lot of a lot of books and things and TV shows where mm-hmm. somebody's looking back on their life and seeing like how things would be different, you know, an angel or so, something mystical is showing them how things would be different had they not lived. Um, had they not existed yet. Exactly. Had they not existed. Um, and, you know, it very similar to a Christmas Carol where we see the ghost of Christmas past, present, future. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing Jimmy Stewart's character, George Bailey. And the, the whole two first two thirds of the movie is his life. And we're seeing moments of his life reminds me very, very much. uh, And I'm sure lots of people of citizen Kane, right. Um, We're seeing him grow up and seeing what makes him tick. Um, I wonder if this movie, and I, I do want to look and see when this movie has come up before for us, but I wouldn't be surprised if this came up from citizen Kane from us. Um, Especially everything with like the sledding and the fact that like he ends up inheriting a business and then he's got like the rivalry with the other. Exactly. Yeah. And the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it reminds yeah. me a lot of that. Um, lot and of- then the the final the final third of the movie is Christmas Eve. Um, things have gone terribly wrong mm-hmm. in George's life, at least with his business. 
he just wishes that he was no longer here. He wishes he was dead. He's thinking about killing himself or at least jumping off a jumping off yep. a bridge, which we do see him jump off the bridge. So, uh, you know, In maybe he's an angel, though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then we then he gets a brief vision of what the world and Bedford Falls, Potterville, would have been like if he was no if he had never been born. Um, Which feels a little egotistical. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I like the message of the movie that everybody, like, everything you do is important. That, mm-hmm. like, everybody has an impact. Everybody makes an impact in somebody else's life. But I think, like, the older I get, the more cynical I am about that Oh, look message. at you, Cisco. Yeah. I know, I know. I think the older I get, the more, like, a little bit cynical I am about that message. Because, like... I, I I like the idea of that message mm-hmm. that like you matter to everyone, but it's mm-hmm. like at the same time like the town doesn't fall apart the mo- moment you move away from home. Like or, or at least like you don't like you don't have that big of an impact. As but the first as the first hour and a half of this movie like is it, showing showing the, how the actions why that he yeah. took right like that right. by sticking it around by keeping the bail uh the uh building and loans open loan, yeah right like that he was making the town a better place making this small town a better place um and we'll get into it in some of the feedback i mean a couple of our listeners think that bedford falls might have been a better place as pottersville instead oh. of <laughs> I have a feeling I know who sent that feedback in. Just, Somebody just really loves capitalism. Uh, well, I did see this. I did see this movie with one of our very capitalistic friends yeah. um, when when I saw it at one of those those screenings mm-hmm. where they do the theater, and he was rooting for Mr. Potter the whole time. And I think this was 2016, was. Uh, yeah, so it was right after Trump was elected when we went, and he was he was all about he was all about Potter. I was there. Uh, I remember? Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> Okay, I wasn't sure because there was one that you didn't. Great come sweaters, to. though. Great yeah. sweaters. We had a really, we had a really great sweater game at that one. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is a version of "It's a Wonderful Life" because I do not remember you there, and you're not in the picture. This is more like "Back to the Future," where you've disappeared from the picture. <laughs> I might have disappeared from the picture, or yeah. I'm thinking of a different year. It might have been. Uh, you might be. I think that's yeah. more likely. Um, but maybe I went the year you didn't go, and it was me, Mac, and Rahul. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, uh, yes. So you know, standard archetype. I. I feel like so I've seen this movie a number of times, not since 2018. Um, mm. I do I do feel like I like to watch it around Christmas time, um, and you know as I, I said to you before we started this podcast, I said I just don't really know how much there is to say about this movie. I mean I'm sure there's we'll have stuff. I don't feel like I have very much like that I want to comment on on this movie, and so hopefully okay. you can drive my discussion a little bit because so- I just. I like this movie a lot, and there's ways that I liked it a little bit less on this watch, um, and a little Same. bit more on this watch. But it's um, it's pretty straightforward in terms of like the yeah. plot and the story that it's telling, and uh, and George Bailey's kind of life story, and then and, and then and his redemption arc. his life, yeah, and his redemption. and his redemption arc because he's it's not like he's the best guy in town. He's kind of a jerk. He loses George his Bailey. he loses his temper a couple times, and you do, and I do like he, that. They I mean, kind he, of yell, he yells and physically abuses his children. Yeah, uh, and, and their teacher, uh, and their teacher, and their teacher's and their teacher's husband. He well, he, he fight the husband physically abused yeah. him. To be, fair. I mean, it's it's George Bailey's at the same time like he is going through like a massive mental breakdown when all of this happens. Yeah, 
I think because it's more of that, Uncle Billy. Yeah, I think it's more yeah. that George Bailey is a flawed character, which I Absolutely. think when you're younger, you don't pick up on the on him being flawed as much. Like when you're a kid watching this, um, he's just a good guy who's kind of at the end of his rope. He's a little strung out. Um, but I do like that throughout this movie, they kind of seed his resentment with his life and where things are right. going. You know, there's the scene when um, I think it's right when they help Martini move into the, his new home right. and he kicks the door closed. Um, right. And we do see that the character Sam is a character I paid attention to a lot. Hee haw, hee haw. Yeah, know, I paid a lot Sam more attention Wainwright, to Sam. Sam Wainwright basically gets to live the life that George always wanted, where he's traveling the world and he's free to do whatever he wants and he has all this money. And he's rich, and George is stuck in in his life at in in uh, Bedford Falls, and it's kind of ironic because like in one of the flashbacks, we see that in one of the exposition scenes, we find out that Mary, his wife's mom, was actually trying to set her up with Sam Wainwright, mm-hmm. and so she could have been like either Sam Wainwright could have been could have would have ended up staying there and being the George Bailey or Mary never would have been there mm-hmm. and she would have like gotten to run away with with Sam Wainwright yeah so it's did you find yourself watching this movie wondering about the it's a wonderful life of some other characters in this movie like yeah, what's like, the it's are, a wonderful it life a wonderful about life Mary yeah like is it a wonderful life for Mary I mean she certainly seemed content by the end of it in her life but I mean, she has hopes and dreams. She doesn't necessarily want to stay there her whole life. I mean, she even, like, is really upset with George when, you know, at first, when George basically bails on their honeymoon after they get married because the Great Depression hits and the stock market crashes and everybody makes a run on the bank as they're trying to get out of town for their honeymoon. Well, I don't—you thought so, that she was mad at him? I didn't—I feel like she, she was first. kind of support— I felt like there was like a support because she was trying to get him not to go into the bank and like go so that they could go on the honeymoon. Right, but then and once so. I think then once like then like that's one of the really powerful scenes in this movie mm-hmm. where you know George steps up and I think it does build build up George's character as like this guy who's going to put his own personal hopes and dreams aside and he does or what again, he thinks. Again and again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he comes back to the home and they have their honeymoon at home, right? Yep. Like they and. I think that that's that that actually I don't feel like there was tension there. I feel like if anything, that was the like just the power of their and the strength of their relationship. Mm. Um, Now, when I asked about It's a Wonderful Life for other characters, I actually so what I meant was a version of this movie where Mary sees what the world would be like if Mary never existed Mm. or Sam sees what the world is like if Sam never existed or Mr. Potter. I mean, maybe that version is. Uh, a Christmas I mean, Mr. Carol. Yeah, the Mr. Cotton version is a Christmas Carol. That right, but like, yeah. I, I found myself wondering about other characters going through the same right. the same struggle right. and them, them getting a glimpse of what the world would be like without them. Well, the other thing we have to think about is that we don't really see what other people are doing the whole time George is missing and out on the bridge. I don't think um, he's missing we, for that long. But uh, like, but every, but then how did it, then how did everybody get the word out and get all that stuff over there so True. quickly? Like he had to have been gone for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then Mary, especially if they like sent a telegraph to London and all of that. Like, I mean, he had to have been True. gone for a few hours. Yeah, probably a few so, hours. Yeah. But not like and and I think like I love the idea behind the last act of this movie. Let me, let me finish my thought on where I was going with that. I'm sorry. We can we can go back to the last act. Um but my thought on that was what if 
during the time George was gone, all the other people in his life are also, like, having the same thoughts about, like, George Bailey's impact on them. Like, everybody's worried about George, like, which is a very self selfish way to think about this movie, that mm-hmm. George is the only important person well, in this that, entire That is what this movie town. is, though. This, like, this movie is that George is the only, I mean, we don't see much of his kids. We don't see, we barely see anything of Mary. Like these are all ancillary characters in, you know, it's kind of like, it's almost the opposite of it's the work of the worst person in the world, where she says she feels like a a supporting character in her life. This is like George Bailey is the main character and everybody else is supporting uh, characters in his life. Yeah. Main character energy is maybe, is maybe a title connection. True. Yeah. (laughs) Could be. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I think that that's like when I talk about the last act, like I really love the concept of it. I love like, mm-hmm. you know, Sliding Doors is one of the first movies that we did. I love the yeah. like, what is the impact of one little thing yeah. on, on you know, lives of other people? What is the, right. you know, what is the impact of, you know, I, I think back to like little things in my life that seemingly were inconsequential that ended up having a huge impact. Like, right. for example, uh, I think back to 12 years ago, uh, right around this time. Yeah. I saw a Craigslist ad and it said there's an apartment in DC and I happened to apply to it. It happened to right work out this time. The yeah. apartment was, was open and you were the other person living and you also happened to apply to live in this apartment. Yeah. Like a month earlier. Yeah. Right. And like, had that never had that action never happened, like how different like, both of our lives would, would be, we right? ever actually have met? Like, would I have the same friend group that I have right now? Would be, maybe be, not. I mean, we wouldn't I be mean, able to this podcast, not. probably not, yeah. right? Probably yeah, DC is a big would, city, so yeah. like, and how many of those like chance encounters do you, right. do you have? Um, you know, if like, so I do love that that idea, and that's what I really love about this movie. And I do think mm-hmm. the end where George comes home, well, I don't know how earned it all is like it feels right. a little honor yeah, yeah. but george coming back and appreciating his life and just like the energy in their house with the whole town there people coming right. to his aid and the happy and just like his relief and his joy like that is what carries this movie for me every time i watch it it's very idealistic like harry getting home just in time for to like help his big brother like i mean mm-hmm. it's very you know i mean and that Sam comes through with the like twenty five thousand dollars from Sam Wainwright. I mean, if he's not your hero in the movie, I don't, I don't know. Oh well, we'll find out. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of heroes of the movie, so for me, it's um actually, I was trying to pay as much attention to the Clarence of it all this mm-hmm. time, and watch everything through Clarence's perspective this time. As, as the angel, yep. Um, as the angel. So Clarence is the guardian angel, the sidekick, the the guide through you know, all of this. And mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed that performance on this watch. Um, I think the actor uh, is doing a fantastic job. Um, I really like how sort of like nervous he is mm-hmm. about how far he can go in helping George. How far yeah, Henry, he's Tra- to Henry go. Travers is the Henry Travers. He's really fantastic. Um, I love that he like his favorite book is Tom Sawyer. Mm-hmm. And because that's like such a like innocence and mischief in that yeah, book. I was trying like to think of what the yeah. significance of that would be. So you think it's like the innocence and mischief of yeah. Tom Sawyer. Yeah. The idealistic nature of Tom Sawyer. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
You know, and I, I, I think like I like that he's, you know, he's older. We don't know much about it. We only hear his voice for the first, you know, two thirds of this movie, um, until he, right, the first time we see him is him flying off the bridge, right? That's the right, first exactly. Yeah, he shows up behind George right when George says he doesn't want, wishes he had never been born, and then he's right. like, and then he well, flies can, off. Yeah, he flies off the bridge. Um, yeah. And you know, and I, yeah, I do like their interactions. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the chemistry for me that's the strongest. Like, while we don't get much of Mary, the chemistry between Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed is yeah. just off the charts. Like the the phone call scene yeah. is, you know, that's one of the one of the legendary scenes from this movie. And yeah. um, you know, I, just where where they like instantly kind of mm-hmm. realize their love for each other, and uh, it sets their lives off in a, in a way. So here's my here here's the argument I'm gonna make, and this is this is maybe a straw man argument. This is maybe a bad faith argument. What changes with this movie if it's not set on Christmas? And this is this is gonna lead into my does it? I know that this is quote unquote a Christmas classic. Yes. But there is a large majority of this movie that has nothing to do with Christmas and does not take place on Christmas. Right. And is not Christmas. There's nothing the the fact that it's set on Christmas doesn't affect the plot in any way, shape, or form. And I think it gives it like so a, it, it gives it like a symbolic significance, right? So, We're talking about angels. It's not a religious movie. They aren't going right, to church. For sure. For sure. Um, and they well, actually they know like, because they, the whole thing is about everybody praying for George Bailey, and that's when all true. the prayers get sent up, and that's when they call Clarence, and they're like, all these people are praying for George Bailey. We yeah. have to go help him. But, yeah. it's, I mean, and I think he says at one point that he's not a religious man or something right. along those lines. Right, right. Um, but I think, I think Chris, I mean, you know, you could remove Christmas from a lot of movies, and, mm-hmm. you know, I like, I think that they... They, I mean, obviously you can't from like a Christmas story or Home Alone, right. but the way I really look at this movie is it's almost like two thirds prologue and then, a, and then a short movie, right? And then a like, short movie, yeah. Yeah. And so the short movie all takes place on Christmas. And the fact yeah. that like it is Christmas Eve, things are closed, like it's the time when people are with their families, they're reflecting, like mm. even now, you know, Christmas is like, it's just a time I don't celebrate. I mean, I don't technically celebrate Christmas. Right. But I basically do because on Christmas I'm usually spending time with my family and we're having food and we're sitting around and right. like w- there's that togetherness and it is like a time, you know, I always like the end of the year because I love the reflecting nature and I do think like there's something about it being an end of the year movie and having it set on Christmas. Plus, I love the visual of the snow everywhere in this movie. I do too. I absolutely love the snow in this movie. Um, So, so you're saying that Christmas isn't a date, it's a feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like it's, it's the, and yeah. like uh, as the uh, as uh, Catherine Harris character, the mom in uh, in Home Alone says, you know, the Christmas season, the season of eternal hope or whatever. I totally butchered it. But, you know, like she's screaming, <laughs> this is Christmas. Yeah. This is the season of it's about something. hope. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember exactly what she said. I, I should like know. That, this. Yeah. But yeah. So um, and I, I mean, I just think like, yes, there is a strawman argument or a bad faith argument that like it's not a Christmas movie. And it is like it is a biography movie, but I think the fact that it's set on Christmas and like for me, it's a movie that I feel pulled to watch around Christmas time, around this time of year when I'm reflecting and I'm thinking back on how on the year that was and kind of where my life is and where I want to go. Like, I think it just it captures the feeling of this Mm -hmm. time. And so for me, like I, I 
as I said to you on Twitter, I don't think it's really much of a debate. I think it's like no, but a, I think it's a conversation. I think, yeah. I think it's an interesting it's, it's conversation. It's more of a conversation, more of a conversation than I expected, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I don't like I said, I don't necessarily believe that it's not a Christmas movie. I just wanted to have the conversation, you know, because somebody did say to me, "Hot take," you know, this isn't a Christmas movie, and I I'm not gonna out that person because they didn't send it feedback so i don't want to i don't want to dox them here but i was like okay hot take we'll discuss yeah that's yeah i think it's um i think like it's you know it's season of giving also and Mm -hmm. the townspeople come together to give uh to george and his family to save them um and you you know and the fact that it's so similar to christmas carol right that we have it's it's just like a twist on a christmas carol on charles dickens is a christmas carol Um, it's christmas carol told through the eyes of bob cratchit instead of yes yeah exactly yeah and yeah, him yeah. being the one who's yeah. and you know i think that it's a it's a timeless tale of like feeling at the end of your rope and feeling like yeah. you know um especially you know, because feeling people, hopeless. Get, people get really hopeless and depressed around the holidays right so i mean this is such a visceral feeling for people around this time of year christmas and the holidays can be such a lonely time yeah uh, i'm thinking back to like, mixed nuts that we did yeah. a couple years that we did in our first season right but sure. uh you know, that was about a suicide hotline on Christmas Eve because people feel hopeless and people coming together on this yeah. time of year. Um, sure. I, I think what I think what she says in Home Alone is a, a season of perpetual hope, I believe. Perpetual hope. Yes. Yes. I was like, that was coming. Uh, so I did do I did do an inflation calculator real quick. Mm-hmm. So I did twenty five thousand dollars in nineteen forty six dollars. Uh, oh, that is. Do you want to try to do you want to guess? That's how much a huge that is loan. I mean, that's a huge loan. What do you think? That's is, like, think that's like three hundred thousand dollars. Very close, three hundred eighty-two thousand yeah, dollars. That's, yeah, that's a very large loan for our guy George that he's gonna have to pay back to Sam. No, Baker, I think it was right? a gift. I don't think it's a loan. Hmm. I think Sam just gave. Well, it he says advance you up to, which usually means a loan, right? Did he say advance? Um, I thought he said advance. My company authorized to advance you up to twenty-five thousand dollars. Oh, all right. So. Well, um, I think that that's usually a term that's used for a well, loan. Well, to be right? fair, this yeah, but this but. And this is something that I think I didn't pick up on as much previously yeah. watching it. It's like George doesn't work at a bank. George no, it's a standard loan. It's a it's realty a, it's loan a, company. Yeah. Right. It's a mortgage lender, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I do think like that, that aspect of it and like the timelessness of the um, the greed of Mr. Potter and the way that he yeah. affects other people's lives in a bad way by like keeping them in the slums and not giving them loans to build houses and how happy Martini is, for example, when George gives him the, you know, George's able to get him the loan. Yeah. Um, and we even see like what a version of Potter's, you know, Bedford Falls would look like if he keeps the slums slums and gets control of the entire city. It's the right. entire, the entire downtown loses its charm and becomes, you know, pool halls and dance clubs and stripper clubs and yes, all these Potter's like CD CD underbelly, you know, yeah. and it's like, you know, that but you know, somebody somebody in our feedback is gonna have a lot to say about Pottersville. I'm yeah, so he actually I, I told him, so, right? Is yeah. it all in feedback? Yeah, it so he all said in. he said when yeah. you guys talk about Pottersville, you should just jump to my feedback. So why don't we, okay. why don't we just do jump to Olin's to Olin's feedback on Pottersville and then we'll come why back to Why don't we go let's just go into feedback overall and we'll 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 go huh? Yeah, all right. I'm fine um, with that. Yeah, yeah. I want to hang on. I want to see if there's anything else I want to make sure we hit before we go to feedback. Um, I mean, there is, but I guess maybe we can get to it. Um, yeah, we can just get to it. Um, all right. Start with feedback. So Alex O says, uh, "I just saw this. I last saw this movie when I was a kid, and I think it holds up really well. Jimmy Stewart is great. It's really great. 
even though I was a bit confused on his age when he starts out playing George Bailey at the age of 20. Yeah, uh, I was confused by this, too, because he's supposed to have just graduated high school trying to go somewhere. But then he's also going to George's graduation party, which doesn't make a lot of sense. So there's like to Harry's lot, graduation or Harry's, Harry's graduation party. So there's a lot of tiny whininess at the beginning that I was getting a little confused. I mean, on I George's think it's. Age. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a uh, it's a tie to Daisy and Confused, right? He's like a mm. he's like a Water Waterson. Uh, mm. He just he just graduated, and this is you know this is the year after. And he, I think he had stuck around and worked a little bit. He was going to go travel and then go to college. I believe was uh, his plan. All right, um, and the kid who played young George was perfectly cast mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I I also wanted to um. So George George becomes deaf in one year during the accident where he saves his brother's life in his left ear. Um, yeah. In his left ear, which is the exact ear that I'm deaf in. So yeah. I, I was thinking about you during yeah. that. Um, yeah, that's. I'm I'm glad that we could have that. I never bleed out my ears though. I mean, that's that's upsetting. You never what bleed out I, your ears? I never bleed out my ears like George does in this movie no. though. I mean, it is interesting that when he wishes he was never born, that suddenly he can hear out of both ears. Yes, exactly. And the and the blood on his mouth is gone from getting punched mm-hmm. in the face. Right, because he's basically a spirit at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Alex continues, it's almost certainly inspired so many other movies and shows after mm-hmm. it, like Back to the Future, and yeah. uh, even maybe Burt and Ernie on Sesame Street is the names of the cops and the cab driver. I did notice that as well. Yeah, um, uh, coincidental, it turns out. Yeah. Coincidental, okay. Um, That's yeah, what I he does say, my research. He does say, Bob, yeah, he does say Burt and Ernie. Um, and I yeah. was like, oh, that was funny. Um, and Back to the Future, we will get back to that. Uh, we will get back yeah, to the future. I mean, is there another movie map? I mean, come on. No. Um, <laughs> there's not. <laughs> it's also, also really, I mean, maybe Rebel Without a Cause, but that was the one we connected mm-hmm. to off of Back to the Future. Um, yeah, I, I'll have to look at the list, but I think I mean, Back to the Future is on my mind so much with this movie in terms of For sure. kind of reminiscing yeah. on the, the alternate history. history. And then everything with Pottersville is like exactly what happens in Back to the Future Part 2. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, we might get to that. <laughs> um, all right, uh, going back to the uh, Alex. Oh, uh, well, the main character of this movie is obviously Potter. A close contender has to main be the villain. guy. Or, yeah, main villain. No, yeah. this movie is obviously Potter. Uh, a close contender has to be the guy, I think his name is Tom, who still wants his whole $242 back when the Depression starts, even yeah. after George gives him an impassioned plea to keep the business loan afloat. What an asshole. Uh, yeah, Tom. Yeah. Also, that retractable <laughs> pool at the high school is a death trap. Just imagine being on it when the floor closes up and it gave me chills. Oh, man, that oh is... Oh, my God, good. yeah. The the, the, the freaking retractable pool that they all jump into slash fall into is terrifying uh, i i love it there's a line early like a couple minutes before it opens and obviously you know what's going to happen but if you're watching yeah. this for the first time they do foreshadow that where they say it's great yeah, they, we have the pool right under the right under the gym floor it allows us to not have as many buildings so for a yeah. movie that's about you know buildings and loan and things like that yeah, good uh, point. um is there a uh there's either a final destination or a nightmare on elm street that uses a retractable pool i feel like um is i don't a... remember it from final destination okay uh, it might I, be a nightmare on elm street one i then. was thinking about final destination I... when i was reading him talk about it being a death trap though yeah i was Maybe i was true. thinking about yeah i was thinking about it because like i know there's a horror movie i saw where a person is in a retractable pool and the retractable thing starts to close and i'm like i have this like image of my mind of that but i don't remember what it's from somebody's mm-hmm. gonna have to write in and tell me yeah. what i'm thinking of but yeah um all right. Well, that is a 4.5 from Alex. Oh. Nice. All right. 
Uh, we probably should have put Owens first because we were talking about Pottersville and he starts yeah. off talking about Pottersville. And he says, I don't think it's much of a hot take, but Potterville seems much better than Bedford Falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Capper is really insinuating that having a billiard and pool hall in the town is a negative, I might have to reduce my score down. <laughs> All right. Uh, put Owen in a Irish production of The Music Man. Let's make it happen. Oh, yeah. There we got we go. trouble, friends. Yeah. Right um, here in Pottersville. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I think it's like the insinuation is just that it's like, but there's it's, a lot more than just a pool hall. Like if you, it's like dance club, dance club, dance club, and it's like, right. it's very like seedy. Right. You know, it's not. It, I think what this movie is going for is wholesome, right? It's a yeah. wholesome life, and exactly. Like, so it's not necessarily better or worse, but it's like that. that it's more capitalism. That like. George made it a wholesome place to live, where everybody right. knew each other's name. You know, talking about you know, we just lost Kirstie Alley, like a bar right. where everybody knows your name was Martinis. Cheers. Right. Yeah. We're in Nick. In Nick's, and he's about to talk about that. But when when you go to Nick's, it's packed with people, and nobody nobody likes he's each not other. Nice, yeah. yeah. They don't serve what you ask for. Um, yeah. So yeah. So all continues. And sorry, I know you were supposed to read the next review. No, you got it, man. Um, right. Go through this, and then I'll go to the next. Paragraph. All right. Pottersville Mainstream seemed vibrant, and Nick's bars seemed to have uh, more people having fun and joy. I'll I'll be it uh, at times mean-hearted, and in most cases justifiably. Um, <laughs> Nick is Nick, the barman of his own bar, just had a great way about him. In contrast, Martinis seems so downbeat and dull and a lot less mm. of a social place, uh, with the school teacher's husband being isolated, dwelling in his own sadness. That's interesting counterpoint. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, I will say that Martinis reminded me a lot more of like a trustees, like yes. a neighborhood bar where everybody goes and mm-hmm. there are people that are always there, you know, right. and then it's like. Yeah, um, the other thing is, though, like, that's a fair point that he makes about it being Nick's bar. Like, in in Cottersville's world, Nick actually gets to own his own bar instead of being just a bartender. Like, so that's actually an improvement for Nick. Right, yes. So So that's actually a counterpoint to your question about, like, is this everybody else's wonderful life that George has helped with, like, yeah, I mean, I think that Nick, but Nick, you can Nick make... doesn't seem particularly happy in this world. That's fair. That's fair. Yes. Um, I do love, speaking of Back to the Future, like, I do love that um, when Clarence is asking for, uh, yep. what does he have? He asks for, like, a, a mulled wine or something. Mulled like wine, that. yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I've had mulled wine once, and it is, like, yeah. a nice holiday. I do drink. like mulled wine, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Nick says, We only serve hard drinks here. And it just reminded me a lot of when Marty goes into the diner at the beginning of Back to the Future. Yeah, and he says, You got a tab, you got to order something. Yeah, uh, it's very funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely wrote that down as another connection. Yeah. And the fact that the main character in this is named George and George from Fly and Back to the Future. Yeah, that's I've never heard Zemeckis explicitly state connections to It's a Wonderful Life, but they are right. definitely there. Yeah, and I think that's sure. also why I like this movie so much is those connections. Yeah. All right. Uh, he closes out his, uh, I mean, he has more, but he closes out uh, this part of his feedback by saying, Potterville also has a nicely run library with a lovely librarian Ooh. and so many great establishments in its vibrant, busy, fun town center. Yeah, we were joking with um, Megan the librarian earlier about, oh no, she's become, a, Mary has become an old maid who works in a library. Right. What a yes. terrible fate. <laughs> Do we ever see that library in the... Uh, the actual world of it's. Um, he says they're going to go to the library after the, they're hanging out, but he, I don't think we ever actually see them at the library. Yeah. No. For a movie that sets up so much that it pays off in the third act, yeah. that it's kind of surprising that we don't actually see. And that's maybe like, 
also speaks to like the underdevelopment of Mary in this movie that we just yeah, don't know. Like, why did Mary work at a library? Like, did she? Do we find out? Like, it would have been nice to find out she liked the library. Or is there something in connection yeah. to the library? So that then it, there's a it makes sense why she works at the library. Yeah, maybe um, she wanted to be there. I mean, again, this could be her wonderful life. You know, like, I mean, I shoved her kids. I don't think I don't think it shouldn't seem happy. I don't think it's her wonderful true. life. Um, but what is the version where Mary doesn't exist, right? Or right. what is the, what is the right. version where Nick doesn't exist? Right. Uh, right. Because, you know, like, it's, this movie's trying to say, like, all these people matter. All right. True, true. All right, uh, I'll take the next paragraph. Uh, as for the worst person in the world, I thought it was easy, but maybe it isn't. I mean, I thought it was Uncle Billy, but really, it is all his enablers. Uh, Tilly, who just has to pick up so much of his slack, a useless man who deserves his position through right. sheer nepotism that won't communicate clearly at vital moments and would rather drink on the job. But George and his father just allow him to carry on throughout and disregard the clear warning signs. Should have kicked him up to some role with a fancy title and pay, but no actual importance to the work. Maybe if they had better bars and Decker calls, he could hang out there rather than sneaking alcohol into his office. So, yeah, yeah um, we didn't really talk about Uncle Billy as a character um, who's sort of the no good family member that George has to keep on, who's the one that loses all of the money that right. at the bank when he's supposed to it's, make a deposit. He's, he's supposed to make a deposit of $8,000 and instead goes over to mock and while he's away the eight thousand dollars disappears right because he, he was he was showing him a newspaper and he's in yeah. the the money gets set down in the newspaper now eight thousand dollars today is one hundred and twenty two thousand um, dollars right. so it's a decent chunk of change that he lost yep. for sure um and you know yes uncle billy i mean we do see a lot of uncle <laughs> billy being you know forgetful he has ribbons tied all over his fingers to remember yep. stuff so he is like i don't think he's um you know, malintent. He's just, a, a, you know, I, I think Owen makes a good point that, yeah. you know, he's he's enabled. Like he should probably be, you know, retired or given a given a job with less right. responsibility than that because he is useless, because he is kind of a useless old man. Um, and uh, Owen does mention Tilly, who's the woman who works yeah. at the building alone he's with a, them. Yeah. So uh, something that Owen pointed out that I didn't realize in um, he he texted this to me earlier, mm-hmm. um, but that Tilly is actually George's cousin. So oh. it's probably Uncle Billy's daughter. So again, I like nepotism that. Okay. that Uncle Billy has his job still. Oh, and Billy Tilly and is, Tilly. Yeah. Yeah, and Billy and Tilly. Um, I actually did not even realize her name was Tilly until. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Right. Uh, George's family seemed very manipulative of him too throughout. I would agree with that. Uh, continually wrecking his dreams by playing on his conscience. Uh, his father and his brother both waiting to the last possible minute to use his better nature against him and stop him from following his dreams and oblige him to carry on at the bank, a tactic replicated by the town board. That's not really fair though, to George's dad. I mean, George's dad dies and that's why George has to stay after rather than go on a trip. Like, that's not really his dad's fault that he had a stroke and died. I mean, that's not manipulative. No. And I think there's, there's something that a lot of people can feel um, can identify with yeah. in this movie the character of George that does feel like they, you know, not to be not to be a martyr, but they end up being the one who's kind of 
there taking for care family. of the family. Yeah. Right. What, yes, do you owe to your, what do you owe to your family versus yourself right. is a really important thing in the context of this movie. For sure. And I think that there's value in this of being the one who says, I'm not going to take the trip to Europe. I'm going to give this yeah. money to Harry. Harry is going to go give you, you know, Harry is going to go to college and then be a war hero. And yeah. I, I, you know, we're talking about enablers. Like, he enables the good things to happen for family exactly. in, his, in his life, too. And That's a great point. there's something noble about what George does, and it just takes him having that kind of, like, that experience of seeing what the world will be like without him to step back and see that. I agree. So, um, all right. I know what there's is. more Olin. Olin yep. wrote, like, a, a, he should publish this essay. It's, it's very long. All right. Continue. Starts with, on this viewing... On this viewing, I had a sense that Capra is endorsing an old-time traditional world that traps the young, particularly post-World War II, from having the release of fun and joy. Maybe the viewing where I could have most understood understand why it was a flop shortly post-war. Uh, and without the intervention of a mythical angel that really never exists to save George Bailey, everyone who... Uh, was so, who is so in the cynical, manipulative world of Bedford Falls drives George to his suicide. It's a very dark reading of this movie. Um, that return party for Harry would have turned out to uh, different when they realized their need to be generous to him was all too late. P.S. The hero of the movie is Tilly. Uh, should have had her managing the bank and taking all of Uncle Bill's money. Or taking all of Uncle Bill's. He didn't finish. Bill's I'm assuming money. responsibility. Yeah. There money. you go. Responsibility uh, and money. Yes. Yeah. As for my thoughts on the quality of the film, <laughs> fucking fantastic. That I can read in so many fresh interpretations nice. on repeated viewings is great. Superb rhythm and forward momentum throughout, and I still tear up at the end. So after all of that, Olin gives this movie a four and a half. <laughs> um, Beautiful. Uh, the gr- great, great long essay from Olin on this movie. Um, and I think, you know, mm. it is great that you can watch this movie and read it, different things into it each watch. For sure. For sure. Um, Why don't you I one while I'm calculating Jim's score. Right. right. So yeah. I do think that like there's a wholesome nature of this, and I, I think that's why I like it as a Christmas movie because I'm okay with not having, not feeling cynical around this time of year and just trying to like appreciate like there. This is a time of year that a lot of people come together and are in are surrounded by love and joy, and there's a lot of people that are not surrounded by love and joy during this time of year, and it's really hard on them. And so for me, that's that's really kind of what I got out of it, this feeling. Um, all right. Moving on to Jenny. Jenny says that she's a music teacher. She identifies as a music teacher. When you uh, guys yeah, settled she, on- Jenny, Jenny wrote in and said, you have Megan the librarian. Can I be Jenny the music teacher? Jenny the music said, teacher sure. and Megan the librarian. Yep, and we got, go. we got Jim the professor. All right. When you guys settled on this movie, I literally shouted, oh, no, to my empty room. I have always hated this movie with a passion. My husband does as well. I despise it for several reasons. It's supposed to be a great Christmas movie, but it's surprisingly violent. George gets hit by people left and right, and he scares the crap out of his wife and children with violent outbursts. Mm -hmm. The violent outbursts and and subsequent suicide attempts shows that he needs serious counseling. He clearly resents the life that he's been forced to live, and giving him $8,000 isn't going to fix that. The movie acts like everything is going to be okay. It's really not unless he gets serious help. We spend a full hour on exposition. It's Bergman. Uh, it's Island, actually an hour and 16 minutes. I clocked yeah. it. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's pretty long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, so it's about the full half of this movie, essentially. Um, yep. uh, Berg, it's Bergman Island all over again. Clarence is supposed to be incompetent, but he doesn't mess anything up. Mary mm-hmm. is the hero of the movie because she fixes everything herself. Uh, it doesn't get acknowledged, though, because the movie is pretty misogynistic. She mm-hmm. saves the bank and loan with their honeymoon money. 
she fixes the house. She gets the $8,000. Mm-hmm. She overlooks the fact that George is an idiot. And yeah. <laughs> rating is 1.5 out of 5. Quite honestly, I can't, like, argue with her read on the film. Um, It's just a matter of, like, do you forgive all those things for the message? Or do you want to be cynical about it, like we talked about? And, I mean, I, you know, Jenny is well within her rights to be cynical about the message of this film. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it's the the expectations I have coming into this, and I had the first time, right, that, like, I'm okay with this kind of hokey wholesomeness of this movie that it's yeah. like, and then everything was okay. And we're going to tell you for an hour and 10 minutes, right. what, it's, here is this important thing. Here is this important thing. Right. It's the Charlie Brownification. Like it's the reason that Charlie Brown Christmas is the most watched Christmas special of all time. Like it's the exact same messaging and good hope and good tidings and positive positive feelings as this movie like it's it's got it's got the title is it's a wonderful life like it is the most like cheeky cliche title you can have for a movie sure right and And i like so but i do think like the clarence point is really interesting because i think the clarence character is weird that he is supposed to be this incompetent angel and he really doesn't really good at it yeah he doesn't screw anything up and maybe it's like the clarence needs to believe in himself as well um, the only thing he screws up is he tries to order a mulled wine at the bar and they only serve hard liquor. Didn't he also try to get like hot cocoa with mint or something like that? Didn't he say something else? Yeah, the, the mulled wine? something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or cider or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I get what she's saying about Mary too. That like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, I still, besides the fact that people don't know who George is when yeah. he has these visions, like what was it that was so bad about i mean there are things but like is the worst thing that mary is like an old maid and i also don't believe that that's what would have happened to mary if george didn't exist mary probably would have right. gotten married to sam or to that one guy that that george butt in on like there right. are like right. it's not like mary just would have been longing for this guy who never existed all right so, i agree with that. yeah uh, i don't think george is an idiot though i just think george is no he's over- a jerk yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a little bit of a jerk but i think that that's the thing that i love about the Jimmy Stewart performance is that you see all of his claws and you see what a jerky is, but you, because it's Jimmy Stewart and Jimmy Stewart is such a like affable. It's like Tom, Tom Hanks can play this character in a modern, like he, there's a reason that they're like often compared. Very similar. Yeah. Like, cause you, you want to believe in the good of this actor because they mm-hmm. seem like such a genuine performer that you like it carries you through some of the badness in a character that they play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Uh, let me take care of Megan the Librarian here. Megan the Librarian says, one of the ultimate tearjerkers. Random note the last time I watched this movie was in 2009 when my friend took me to a screening in Orange County, California. She and I are both big classic movie fans, and we also went to the Chinese theater in LA where we took a photo of our feet in Jimmy Stewart's footprints. Mm. Four stars from Megan the Librarian. That sounds awesome. That sounds like a really cool experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know if I agree that this is a tearjerker. It's an emotional movie, and all of a sudden he teared up a little bit too. I didn't. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's got a really good feeling at the end, but it's right. not, it doesn't make me cry. It doesn't make me sad, especially right now, kind of like, going through some like some life stuff where I am, I feel like a little bit more prone to being sad from a message like this. And I just was like, 
I felt I I don't know I felt like just like a, a kind of I don't know I felt I felt warm towards this movie but I wasn't I wasn't sad I didn't cry during this movie. Yeah. So. There we go. Yeah. What's Kyle have to say? What about you? Uh no I did not cry during this movie. Um yeah I I, I think I probably have in the past but on this one I just was like enjoying it and ha- like trying to have a good time with it and even though I was like also picking up a, a lot of, on a lot of the stuff that I was butting up against with it um that i'll get into in my final review like i i did have a few good feeling about it by the end of it like i was mm-hmm. you know i was really happy with it by the end of it um but no i it didn't make me cry i cried i watched that, that's the other thing is i watched so many movies if you look at my letterbox diary for the last week i watched so many freaking movies on friday Dear and God. saturday that did that were tearjerkers mm-hmm. that maybe i was all cried out by yesterday mm-hmm. This, yeah. this this and this couldn't touch my cold cold heart. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Kyle King says, uh, mm. "I first saw *It's a Wonderful Life* a few years ago, and now it is an annual staple. George Bailey's nice. deeply sympathetic character, someone who always seems to put others before himself, and then it eventually mm-hmm. collapses on him until it is too much to bear." Stewart gives an incredible performance. The movie holds up incredibly well, and I believe some. I believe something everyone should see. Uh, you should see to see the strength of kindness and goodness of life. Five stars from Kyle. Nice. Um, Glad Kyle loved it. Yeah. Um, Jim also writes in with a five star review. Jim says, It's a Wonderful Life is one of my favorite movies. The colorized version that plays on Prime is not bad. It mu- it's much better than the version from the 80s, but I will probably stick with the black and white. The color is still off or distracting occasionally. Uh, he says his hero in the movie is Donna Reed. While it's Jimmy Stewart's movie, Donna Reed is brilliant as the love of his life. Her turn as the librarian is chilling. Um, did you find it chilling? Or no, just, I just thought was it, was, I, I thought it yeah. I was like, I just, especially on this watch, I found it silly. Silly. A little bit more silly? than chilling. Yeah. Well, she was terrified, too. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's just. He scares know. the shit out of her because she doesn't know him. And he's like yeah. ready to, he's ready to like actually physically like assault her and she's like get away from me you maniac mm-hmm. you know like yeah, yeah. Um, so i don't know yeah that's i i it's yeah. if they, i mean i'm sure they've remade they've done versions of this movie if they ever actually remade this movie like mm. I'm, they've probably done a tv special i'm sure there's right. been like stage performances i believe I there's would, a broadway version of this yeah what would you think of a version that's mary's story that it's the exact same thing. Mary is married to a man, and she's also feeling the weight of this. And her husband goes off the deep end, and then she also, as a result, has a reaction. And then we see Mary, like we see it Mary's really depressing. But I'm here Definitely. for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it sounds really um, depressing. But I, I would watch it. That's the thing. Um, all right, it's a uh, five from Jim. That's gonna give us a four point oh eight from the listeners. Not bad. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, I will go first. I think okay, it's my work to go first. Yeah. Um, and uh, I came in thinking I was going to give this a five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually four and a half. Um, okay. I, I really like this movie. And um, there's just something on this watch. I just felt like it, like, there's parts where I was kind of like, all right, let's get to the, let's get to it. Um, and I don't know. I just, there's just like something about it. It just does not have that je ne sais quoi that, a five-star movie does so uh i'm surprised that i'm giving this four and a half but i i do i do really love this movie um i don't know if it's an annual christmas watch for me although mm. i think i like like 
everything surrounding this movie. It's kind of like the way I feel about college football. Um, <laughs> like what I love about college football is not necessarily the football itself, but it's the um, it's the tailgating, the, the rivalry, and the, yeah. the like the like the way that you can come together with other fans like in college football that you don't in pro football. Um, mm-hmm. At least that I don't. And what I love about this movie is like the way this movie brings people together. Like I love going to the theater and watching this movie with friends. I love like last night I sat around with my family and we all watched it. Like the that part of it and that you can watch something that's like sad but that's, joyful at the end. Yeah, yeah. And I I think like there's not a lot of movies that have that like uh outside of the movie experience that's a part of yeah. it. And that's why like I would never watch this movie other than from like December fifth. <laughs> and I say December 5th because that's when I watch it. Like December 5th to like December 24th, right? Oh, I, yeah. Or maybe December 25th. But like, I'm never going to watch this movie in like May or June. Right? Interesting. It, and that's yeah, also that's scary. I wouldn't either. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I'm really glad that we kicked off December with this movie. Um, yeah. I think it, I think it was a great time to do it. Um, I, I can't believe I haven't watched it in four years. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Um. I'm a little lower on this than you are. I think that I was a little lower on this rewatch than I probably would have been the last time I watched it. There, I just feel like the... I think that the 90-minute version of this movie probably has it right um, instead of the over-two-hour oh, version. Your Team Legend version. Um, the Team Legend version probably is a lot tighter, probably feels a lot better. The, the, there's just a lot in the first hour and 15 minutes that you're like, I don't, where I'm like, I don't remember this being this long. I don't remember all of this non-Christmas stuff mm-hmm. being, I don't remember George's life being this long. And I, there are bits of it that I really, really love. Like, I love the walk he takes. Life. Huh? It's a long life. Yeah, it is a very long life. But I, I love the walk he takes with Mary after the school dance up until the point where, like, he then starts to like mock her because she's naked in a bush and she can't get a robe. And then he just leaves her there mm-hmm. because his dad needs him. And it's just like, it's there are little things in this where you're like constantly reminded of how much of a jerk George Bailey is. And I think that there's a more sympathetic version of this movie that probably works better where you're actually sympathizing with George a little more as a character rather than showing how much of a, Dicky is a lot of the time um you know because he's unnecessarily a jerk a lot of times not to mention the times where he's a jerk just because he's stressed out um so it makes it a little hard to sympathize with him at times but overall I still really enjoyed this movie I love all the supporting characters I was really struck by and laughing at the Sam Wainwright of it all throughout the movie, like every time he came up, it was hee-haw, hee-haw. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. It's really funny. Mary is a really, really great character. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to give it a four. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay. going to give it a four overall. And I just wish that I, I wish that I liked it more on this watch than I did, if that makes sense. But I still think all the performances are great and it's a really great movie. But it's not a perfect movie by any means. Yeah. So that's a it's a four point nine overall. Uh, four point one nine overall. Um, what is your? Uh, do you have a ranking of Christmas movies? I don't. I probably should. Um, I would probably have this still in a top ten, but maybe not in a top five. Um, I mean, for me, like, and these, I mean, some of these are going to come up in our connections, but like, 
the ones that I think of right off the top of my head are like the George C. Scott Christmas Carol from the 80s, which is fantastic. Or like, um, you know, Christmas Vacation or A Christmas Story. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think I, I would have to rank holiday movies overall. I don't know if Christmas, Christmas movies might be a little too thin. I mean, obviously, Home Alone is a top five Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so I have this one. I have this one at the top, and it's still at okay. the top of my Christmas list. Um, I just nice. think like it's the most rewatchable of the of my Christmas movies. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, but I have some interesting ones. Like I really like the movie The Night Before. Um, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> and I have that in my top five. I have Mixed Nuts in my top ten. Um, and uh, I have I have Jiggle All the Way in my top ten as well. Um, oh my God. I have another movie that is going to be on my list for suggestions in my top 10, so I won't mention that. Uh, and then I have Home Alone at 2 and Die Hard at 3 in Christmas. I'm Christmas. honestly shocked you know, that you mentioned the night before because I thought that was going to be one of your top suggestions. I have to think about it. I mean, I know I, you love that movie. That, it's, I just think that's like, a, I love like the way that this one makes me feel like that one. It's all about friendship. Yeah, that's all and, about and friendship. And I know you love right. movies about friendship. So. In, like a, in like a crazy night, you know, like. Um, like crazy night? Like after hours, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, sure. So we have knocked out three movies of my top 10 Christmas movies on this oh, podcast. Man. Nice. Uh, did we do, I think we did, we didn't do any Christmas movies last year. We did Batman Returns. That was a Christmas movie. That yeah, took that's a Christmas twice movie. the okay. majority over Christmas time. Yeah. And yeah. that was movie 50. So that was, uh, yeah, that was walking in a winter wonderland. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You're right. Uh, that was a great, great title suggestion from us. On yeah. That one. All right. Uh, who's your hero of the movie? Uh, I'm going to give it to Clarence. I think Clarence is actually the hero of this movie. I mean, not only does he guide George on the path to redemption, but he gets his wings out of it in return, and he learns something about himself, that he has the confidence to be an angel. Um, He's the true hero of the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's Clarence. Clar- Clarence, Clarence, what's your, rod- what's your vector, Clarence, Victor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Uncle Billy? Should I say it's Uncle Billy's <laughs> Absolutely not. It's um, Nick the bartender. Yeah. No, I, I do think, like, Mary is probably uh, <laughs> the hero. And, and maybe it is Donna Reed. But, like, the um, – I just love the chemistry between the two of them. And we don't mm-hmm. get enough of it. And I think that's one of the things that I wish we got more of. Like, I, I want to know why George's life is wonderful besides, like, the things that he's done for other people. But, like, what is actually wonderful about his life? Yep. And that, I think, is that little bit that's missing for me. From I agree. This movie. And, uh, yeah, I think he and Donna Reed have really great chemistry. Um, the first time that they, like, when they meet up at that dance, and he's so much freaking taller than her, it's, like, jarring how tall Jimmy Stewart is and how short mm-hmm. she is. Um, but it's also, like, really, really beautiful. Um, yeah. You know, the way that is all shot. I think mm-hmm. I think she's really great. Yeah. Um, Lionel Barrymore, who plays Mr. Potter, is he Drew Barrymore's grandfather, I'm assuming? Great crew. Father, Great, I want okay. to say. Oh, well, yeah. okay, I guess that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we could. Uh, I, I, I don't have a very more family. I, I, in my head, yeah. I always thought it was his, her, um, her father. I don't know why. Which obviously, great uncle mm. of Drew Barrymore. Mm. In this sense. So okay. not even great uncle. Okay. So it's her grandfather's brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, grandfather's brother is is. Yeah, great. I always thought that they were yeah. they were closer together. Yeah. Um, what do you think of his wheelchair? Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Good job. I mean, it looks like a desk chair, so that's, mm-hmm. that's good. He's modern, modern wheelchair. Yeah, it's like a thorn or a throne. Yeah, it yeah it's a me. throne, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Potter's throne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, are we going to a Harry Potter movie next? Uh, no, we are not. But I'm watching. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I keep starting six, and I keep uh, not making oh, it very far. Bummer. So, uh, yes, I keep starting uh, Half Blood Prince. All right. Um, so we already talked about connections a little bit. Um, so did you have any other connections to Worst Person in the World besides just kind of like thematic and feel connections? Uh, there was one I wrote down, and I need to find it. Um, let me see. Uh, do. And now right. I can't find it. Okay. Yeah, go for it. I can't right. find so, it. Why can't I find so it? So I have like I have kind of a fun one, right? So um, I was looking in my podcast app and I searched yep. uh, "Wonderful Life" in my podcast app to see like what other movie podcasts have done this. Like there is an unspooled episode right. that I know I listened to once before. I'll probably listen to that again. But a very fun connection between this movie and "Worst Person in the World" yes. is from uh, last year, right around this time. The episode of "There Will Be Pod" was oh. about the worst person in the world, oh, and then at the end of the episode, they do Classics Corner. And one of the posts on that podcast, I don't know if it was Sammy or John, did uh, It's a Wonderful Life as their classic oh, funny. So There Will Be Pod covered both of these movies in the same episode last That's week. hilarious. That's a good connection. There yeah, you go. So I, th- I was like, that was the one I, t- I told you. I said, I have a fun connection. I don't think you're going to get it. So. Yeah, there you go. Good connection. Um, um, yeah, and I do just think like the idea of like having kids, you know, like the, yeah, so much of this person ex- was about having kids, right? It's and expectations versus reality and, you know, what – what how life would have been different if you took one path over another like mm-hmm. do you want you know do you want to be an artist or do you want to be a photographer or do you want to you know travel the world or do you want to you know stay at home and be in the family business love and loss you know, um yeah. i do think uh, she works at a she works at a bookstore and mary is a librarian sure yeah I guess so there you go yeah. sort of yeah um all right uh so for title connection i was thinking from first from worse to wonderful worse uh, to wonderful yeah yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll just do that. Works so. for me. All right. Um. So connections to other movies from this year. Um. The did you pick up on the big one? I mean, the big one is the plastics thing. That's right? what so, I wrote down. Yeah. Plastics. Yeah. yeah. Sam, Sam gets Sam gets rich from plastics. We have the whole plastics for the graduate. Yeah. I again like Back to the Future. I wonder if that's an intentional homage to this movie. It could be. Could that be. like the guy at the party says, you know, I. I gotta get into plastics, plastics. Yeah. yeah, because they're both graduating at that time too. Like they're mm-hmm. both graduating, and isn't Benjamin Brat Braddock trying to go see the world? Isn't that um, what he wants to do? And he's yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe I think he just doesn't know what he wants to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, and he gets he ends up staying because yep. he falls in love, um, yep. and go. then his life goes down a path. But we don't, you know, we see him get married at the end of the, or we see they don't get married, but they end up together at the end of the movie. And mm-hmm. then they're they're debating about what's next. Um, yep. We also have the connection of a Barrymore in this movie connecting yep. back to ET. Um, uh, we had to deal with the devil. Um, we did damn Yankees, and this is oh. sort of the opposite of that. Where you know, and then he, but he also does almost make the deal with Potter, which would have been a deal with the devil. True. Yeah, he does yeah. almost make. And I think that the um, that Clarence is sort of uh, mm. reminds me of the uh, what's his name from Damn Yankees as well. Yep. For um, sure. I'm blanking on his name right now, but the the devil from the um Damn Yankees, yeah. Mr. Applegate. Mr. Applegate, yeah, yeah. Cindy yeah. Applegate. Like it's a similar performance, I feel like. Yep, there you go. Um we also have just like high school parties, so like Romeo and Michelle and yep. um, Dance and Peggy Sue, yeah. yeah. And you know, the the high schooler who sticks around ties yep. to Dazed and Confused. And then just kind of reminiscing through life as a kid, uh yep. ties to all ten and a half. Yep, for sure. Um, let me see if I have any other written down. 
Um, and then, yeah, that's all I have for this year. Is there anything else from this year? Cool. Uh, not anything that stuck out. The plastics, what was the big one that I wrote yeah. down? Yeah. Um, um, and then we both said movie map is back to the future. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really have, I didn't, I didn't really consider anything else. Um, yeah. The, uh, the character at the high school dance who George butts in to mm. dance with Mary, um, his name is Marty. Oh, um, well, there you go. Yeah. So yeah. I, I did write that down. So that, that guy's name is Marty. <laughs> Um, and poor, poor Marty was so hurt. And then he became like a bit, I mean, we have a Biff character. There's just a yep. lot you can map on to back to the future. From there this, you go. That I picked up on this time. All right. One last thing. Um, my one last thing. So there is a SNL sketch called the lost ending of it's a wonderful life. It's mm-hmm. on an episode from the early nineties hosted by William Shatner. It stars data Carvey, John Lovitz and Phil Hartman data Carvey doing a just, incredible jimmy stewart voice and it's called the lost ending to it's a wonderful life it's on youtube people should seek it out um i will tweet it out with this podcast uh later when this comes out it's one of my favorite snl sketches of all time i watched it three times this week around you know around getting ready for this podcast because i love it so much like and it's i always rewatch it over and over during the holidays because it's just one of the funniest snl sketches that I can recall, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Who is like, who plays George in that? Uh, George is Dana Carvey as George Bailey slash Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. And then it's Phil Hartman as Uncle Billy and John Lovitz as Mr. Potter. Uh, Dennis Miller pops in as Harry. It's very, very funny and very, very good. And I highly recommend people check it out. And I'll, I'll tweet a link to it with, uh, nice. with the podcast. So that's my one last thing. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, uh, I what is mine? Oh, I so here's one that's fun. Um, I wrote down class of 2028 party was the high school party, but it was actually 1928 party. So we yeah. are getting close to the hundred years since that party, um, oh, which man. is kind of nuts. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. didn't talk about Mr. Gower at all. Um, yeah. George saves Mr. Gower from poisoning the kid because he's so distraught about his son being uh, being killed. And to have that and the, his brother almost getting the accident is like, yeah, there's a lot of death and illness surrounding in this movie that is George's sure. like actually involved in. So. Um, yeah. I just think that's a theme in this movie that we don't really, yeah, you know, we sure. didn't touch on that, but I think that's interesting. Um, and then my my third one, last thing, is that I love that they bless the Martini House with bread and salt uh, as oh, a Game yeah. of Thrones fan. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a thing that's not just in Game of Thrones. Right there, you go. All right. Uh, well, should we figure out where we watch it from? We remember fifty. I would it? love to. Oh, uh, hang on. One other thing, I did pull Uh-oh. up uh, what, how what other times when this movie has come up in the past. Okay. Uh, so it came up, uh, I remember how I said that I would never watch this movie, not during Christmas time. Yep. Well, Olin suggested it on episode four, after uh, sliding oh. doors, this would have been in February. Nice. Yep. Uh, and then it came up after home alone. You suggested it. Of course. Um, and we ended up doing after hours and then, uh, just last week. So that's, that's the nice. only time it's only come up a couple times. I'm kind of surprised it doesn't come up more than that. So, um, just those few times. All right. Nice. Well, why don't we get into suggestions on movies to watch for next week based on suggestions sent in by the listeners. And then I'll see your host. Did you pick that movie? At Ladder Movie on Twitter and and, uh, Instagram. Send us your feedback. Share all that fun stuff. um, And start thinking about what you want to suggest off of movie number 52 because that can only be stuff that does not have to necessarily connect to movie number 52 when we get there. But it has to be stuff that was suggested this year. Yep. All right. Uh, and the movie ladder gmail.com if you want an email and if you, you have go. a big long essay you want to send in. All right. There you go. Our 
ladder rung segment. We start off with uh, Alex O, and he says, another Frank Capra, Jimmy Stewart movie. Uh, this is coming off of my list. That is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yep. Uh, another Jimmy Stewart. This is the movie that was just displaced at the top of that sight and sound list as yeah. number one. Uh, that is Vertigo. Yes. So, um, and then uh, Back to the Future Part Two for the whole alternate history of it all, where the town turns into a hive of scum and villainy. It's a really good connection, to be honest. It's really good. Yeah, it, it yeah. is. Um, you know, I'm always back in the future. How are you, Mr. Potter? All right, from Jenny. From here, I beg you not to go to Miracle on 34th Street. Let's go for a well-made Christmas movie, such as A Christmas Story. Yep. A Christmas Story Christmas. It's on HBO Max, and it's a great follow-up. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation mm-hmm. or Die Hard. Yep. I'm surprised that A Christmas Story Christmas is good. I just had kind of... Yeah, like, everybody's saying it's good. Like, even Rob liked it, and Rob is a notorious, like, cynic. Grinch, yeah. Yeah, he's a Grinch, and Rob, All right. Rob said he liked it, so... Uh, and then he... Uh, and then uh, Jenny also says, or let's go to Jimmy Stewart's greatest performance in Alfred Hitchcock's Rope. Love Rope. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, one, it's a one-shot, uh, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, there's some cheats, but it's it's yeah. shot like a one-shot. Yeah. All right. Um, I've actually never seen Miracle on 34th Street. Speaking uh, of I have Street. not seen it in a really long time. Yeah, the original. All right, cool. Yep. Um, and Megan the Librarian has a first one is White Christmas, another great Christmas classic about a group of people who get together to help a struggling business. I've never seen that one. Yep. Uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, another idealistic film from Capra, Stuart, and a few others. It's a Wonderful Life cast members. Yeah, I did notice, like, everybody from It's a Wonderful yeah. Life that I clicked on was also in that movie. Yeah, there's another one. There's another Capra movie that, like, everybody is in, but I um, don't have it off the top of my head. It's, like, Come As You Are or something like that. Ah, okay. Uh, and then the last one on her list is The Bishop's Wife from 1947, another Christmas film in which a man is visited by an angel, but this mm. time the angel is a dashing Cary Grant. Ooh. Were Cary Grant yep. and Jimmy Stewart ever in a movie together? And they were together in a movie we watch. Were they? Oh, is it Philadelphia Story? Together? You dork! Oh, Philadelphia Story. Duh. Right. <laughs> I was thinking of Liberty Valance. Yeah. I was thinking of Liberty Valance, and I was like, "Yeah, no, that was John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart." Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yes. I mean, that, Philadelphia Story was two years ago at this point. Um, but yes, <laughs> good good call. Uh, <laughs> Philadelphia Story was great. We love Philadelphia Story. Really? Yeah, it stuck with me very well. Clearly. Yeah, it stuck with all me right. Well. Yeah. Uh, Olin suggests. Uh, Olin's do these out of order because Olin also suggests the bishop's wife. Uh, <laughs> oh, and had I had I read this, I wouldn't have looked like such an idiot. Stuart's Philadelphia oh, Story co-star Cary Grant in a Christmas theme Best Picture nominee from the same year. Uh, man played by David <laughs> Niven facing severe money problems needs the intervention of an angel to help guide uh, to guide and help him. Yep. There you go. Right. Uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, festive themed film about family battling with the conflict of staying loyal and local or going to move and exploring a new, more exciting world. Yeah, has one of the most iconic Christmas songs ever uh, in it, performed by Judy Garland. Is it Jingle Bells, Batman Smells? <laughs> it's not Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. Right. Uh, and then his third one, Miss Miniver. Uh, Henry Travers has a sole aim and desire to fulfill a lifelong, though not post-life, ambition that is the key driver in this film. While important family connections of our main family fight in World War II in the Air Force. Nice. All right. Kyle suggests Mr. Deeds, another selfless character who saves someone that fell through ice. I think also the original Mr. Deeds is... Uh, Capra film, isn't it? It is. Yeah, the original uh, Mr. Deeds. Yeah. But he's talking about the one with, with uh, Adam Sandler. Is that, 
Is he? Okay. Yes. Because that the original is called Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mr. Deeds is the one with Adam Sandler. Correct. And then uh, a Pixar movie, Up. The beginning shows the couple consistently putting off their trip for issues that keep popping up, similar to what happens with George. I was yep. thinking about Up a little bit with this, yeah, like the sure. like montage through somebody's life also. Reminded of that. Um, all right. Don't tell, uh, don't tell Jenny, but Jim suggests yep. Miracle on 34th Street. It's yeah. the 1947 version. <laughs> Another film that is both clearly a Christmas movie and clearly a good movie. That there list is much shorter than Zach thinks. Ooh, shots fired, Jim. And it's <laughs> Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street share two uncredited actors, three composers, and two other crew members, as well as uh, hopefully out, as a hopeful outlook on the world that will rub some people the wrong way. Yeah, some people. Indeed, uh, indeed. Uh, speaking of composers of It's a Wonderful Life, one thing I noticed with that movie is like there wasn't much music. That yeah. wasn't like, like there wasn't much score to that. It was yeah. there was music in the movie, and what I really like is the Hark the Herald Angels sing that plays that the right. daughter is playing it on the piano, but that score is the final scene of the movie. Right. So just to there people go. who jumped ahead, a little spoilers for uh, Boom. It's Wonderful Life. All right, I get to go first this time. Yep, you get to go first. All right. Um, so I got to update mine. So I got to take Mr. Smith Goes to Washington off of my list. Um. And I think that's actually the only one that was uh, on my list. So now I have to decide because I have a bunch. All right. Uh, the first one is the movie that's on my Christmas list. Um, I feel like it's a spin on this. This is kind of a, a spin on the, uh, you know, what not what would the world be like if you didn't exist, but what would the world be like if you had made a different choice regarding love? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Christmas movie. Stars Nicolas Cage. Ooh. It's the family man. Yeah, that was on my short list. Yeah. Um, and there is a line in the movie in um it's a wonderful life where they say gotta go see how the family's doing family man so right. they do say the word family man i, don't, I didn't write I that she said that i think it might have been ernie who said that um yeah all right next one uh wings of desire so this is okay. the movie speaking of nicholas cage that was remade into city of angels um okay. so it's a Vim vetters movie and it's about yeah. angels um, okay interesting yep uh next one is uh about somebody in the afterlife um it came out I think two years ago, right around this time of year, it's a Pixar movie. It's Soul. Ooh. Um, yeah, somebody yeah. in the afterlife trying to earn their trying to earn their afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else do I want to do? Um, let's go with the Seventh Seal. Um, going back to Bergman, but Ooh. this is about confronting death. Um, and by water as well. You're confronting death with you water. And, um. Do, do, do. What else do I want to do? Um, let's go with uh, 3,000 Years of Longing, which came out this year. Wow. I don't know much about it, except that it's about having wishes. Um, and a so, genie, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, um, so, uh, Tilda, it was, Tilda Swinton. Yes. I don't know much about it. Um, yeah. And that's five for me. Yep. I think that's it. And I'll just leave the rest for honorable mentions. Cool. Um, let me see what I've got. Uh, I can't decide which version of Christmas Carol I'm going to go with. So I'm going to go with the version that I think would be the most fun. I'm going to go with Muppet Christmas Carol. Ah, yes. Um, I think we could get a really good guest for that. I think it'd be a lot of fun if we did it. Um, oh, You Can't Take It With You is the one that has all of the cast and crew and Catherine connections. Uh, so put that on there. You Can't Take It With You. Um... Let's see. Uh, Rent for a movie that takes place mostly on Christmas Eve. Oh, it does? And follows people trying to 
live their lives while being worried about paying rent, which uh, happens with all of our savings and loan here. Sure. Um, let me go with the Bells of St. Mary's. We have Bells and a character named Mary. Um, and that's also what's playing on the movie marquee when George is running past uh, the movie theater. Uh, yeah, so I, I did think about opening this podcast with Merry Christmas Movie House. Yep, there you go. There was no movie. There was no movie house in Pottersville, Owen. So I think that that makes it worse. That's also true. Uh, let's see how many do I have so far. Four. All right. Uh, yeah. uh, for another movie that deals with a housing crisis and the savings and loan industry, um, I'm gonna go with The Big Short. I actually thought about The Big Short during that bank scene. Uh, the yeah, yeah. Bank scene. I did too. So there you uh, go. Those are going to be my five. I have a lot of honorable mentions, though. Um, All right, go for it. It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Yep, got uh, that on mine. The Night Before. Family Man was on my list, too. Uh, the George C. Scott version of Christmas Carol. The Best Years of Our Lives. Mm-hmm, yep. Um, What else do I have on here? Grand Hotel, I thought about. And then The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Hmm. Interesting. Um, That's it. I had Gangs of New York on mine just okay. for like somebody, you know, it's not a great connection, but just like the the kind of Potter sure. being uh, being a bully and a, a criminal. Uh, Harvey, Jimmy yeah. Stewart and some like mysticism. Around Jimmy Stewart. Friend, yeah. uh, the Ref, which is yeah. uh, I wrote down Domestic Bliss During Christmas. Um, Dennis Leary. Uh, uh, it's a Beautiful Life. I think that's what that or A Beautiful Life. What is that? Movie yeah, called? it's a beautiful life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Butterfly Effect. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Nice. All right. Um, right, all right, let's take it from the top. Them off. All right, we have uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Vertigo, Back to the Future 2, A Christmas Story, A Christmas Story, uh, what's the other one called? Christmas Christmas Story. A Christmas Story Christmas is what it's there called. There we go. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Die Hard, Rope, Light Christmas, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington again, The Bishop's Wife, Meet Me in St. Louis, the Bishop's Wife again, Mrs. Miniver, Mr. Deeds. That's funny. We have Mr. and Mrs. Back, back to Back Up. Mm. And Miracle on 34th Street, The Family Man, Wings of Desire, Soul, The Seventh Seal, 3,000 Years of Longing, Muppet Christmas Carol, You Can't Take It With You, Rent, The Bells of St. Mary's, and The Big Short. I get to go first. Um, just, to, just to correct myself, it is Life is Beautiful. I was like, that, oh, that name beautiful. was bothering me so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, there's a couple that I'm going through. You said you've never seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, right? I have, but it's one that I oh, that's not the one you okay. appreciate that much. Got it, got it, got it. Um, hmm. I can't, neither of us have seen White Christmas. It's a Christmas cl- It's another Christmas classic, 1954. Um. I mean, I've seen a couple of the iconic scenes from it. Like, I know the song. I know the Big Crosby song. I'm going to pick White Christmas from the, listen- from the listener list. All right. What about you? Another Megan Librarian pick. Um, yeah. Man, I almost wanted you two listener picks each. I know, because right? Because they're really let's good. Let's do two listener That's the picks. Christmas spirit. All right. Two. Li- yeah, well, that our gift to listeners. We do two listener picks, but only one of ours. So we'll end up with a final six. So my first listener pick is The Bishop's Wife. Uh, I just nice. think it looks interesting. I've never heard of it until yep. 10 minutes ago. Okay. And, Love Cary Grant. And, yeah, and a, a Christmas film in which a man is visited by an angel. Um, yep. And yeah, we can compare Cary Grant versus Jimmy Stewart. That's, a, again. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, oof. 
This is tough. I'm going to go with A Christmas Story Christmas because I haven't seen it and I want to and I think it'll be really good. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to go with Christmas Story. Uh, and uh, the other one I'm going to pick is Vertigo um, because it's just everybody's talking about, you know, did Vertigo deserve to be dropped from number one of the Sight and Sound list? And then maybe fair. we do the new movie that's up to number one the following week. So that's fair. Um, all right. All right. Uh, from your list, I am going to take the family man. Nice. I was hoping you'd pick that. It's on my um, list too. Might as and well. um, I think I gotta go Muppet Christmas Carol. Just yeah, because, you do. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that could be fun. Uh, don't put that in all caps because it doesn't mean we're gonna necessarily pick it. <laughs> oh come um, on! <laughs> all right, we got a final six: White Christmas, The Bishop's Wife, Christmas Story, Christmas Vertigo, The Family Man, Muppet Christmas Carol. Ooh, um, this is tough. I mean, these are all great movies and. The only one of these I've actually seen is the is the Muppet Christmas Carol. You've seen Vertigo, right? Oh yeah, I have seen Vertigo. Duh. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. But you've never seen the Family Man? Never seen the Family Man. Oh man, I, I think we should do the Family Man. I know that was yeah. my pick, but like it is, uh, you know, it's it's about somebody who has a life, and then they uh, they see what their life would be like. Uh, it's if, also essentially Christmas, right? Yeah, it takes place on it takes place on Christmas. It, okay. It's on my Christmas list. Um, you know, we get to see Nicolas Cage being freaking Nicolas Cage. Um, let me look up some streamability for these. Yeah, look up, uh, look up if it's streaming. Um, I really like the idea of doing Christmas Story Christmas just because it's easy and on HBO Max. Um, yeah, but not everybody has. HBO that's also Max. true. I, but I also really like the idea of Muppets Christmas Carol because uh, it's right. so different from anything we've done on this show. Uh, and I think we could, uh, I think we could actually try to find a really good guest from Muppets Christmas Carol. Um, All right, are I, we eliminating any? I think we had to eliminate Vertigo. Um, I, I think I, I like the idea of talking about Vertigo right now, but I don't but know not if the right connection now. is that great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it is, does star the same person, but. Yeah. Um, all right, let me just pull up what some of these other ones are. Okay. So we've got the Bishop's Wife, um, which is probably on uh, Tulu. And then White Christmas as well. Yep. You can decide. It's, uh, very, White, it's very hard to decide. Um, White Christmas also, um, I believe, takes place at a boarding house, which is what Mrs. Bailey runs. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. But, um, you know, so, so White Christmas I, I, is on Netflix and nice. uh, and disc as well, uh, nice. or rentable as well. Um, and these aren't in order. The Family Man is on Peacock or rentable. Okay. Um, the thing about the family, the one thing I will say about the Family Man is it is a Brett Ratner. So you're a oh. rat rat, but whatever. It's still a good movie. Um, Christmas Story Christmas is only on HBO Max. Okay, so that can um, be difficult. Yeah, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol is on Disney Plus or rentable, yeah. and The Bishop's Wife is on all kinds of stuff: Amazon Prime, right. Canopy, Plex, Pluto TV, Tubi, Roku, and then rentable. Okay, so let's immediately take off Christmas Story Christmas and Vertigo. Yeah, um, I think those are out. Uh, so if we're doing White Christmas, Bishop's Wife, Muppets, or Family Man, um, how how are you feeling after this? Um, do you want to go for, you know, two of these are classic 1950s movies in White Christmas and The Bishop's Wife. Uh-huh. Two of these are modern modern movies. One is a modern classic in Muppets Christmas Carol. One is The Family Man, a, a movie not a lot of people have seen. <laughs> um Saul Rubinek is in The Family Man. Um, <laughs> Did you recently watch The Family Man? Is that why you told me that? No, it's a, I just am looking at the letterbox. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, 
I don't know. I could. Go, I really could go either way. Since you really want to watch The Family Man, let's watch The Family Man. All right, let's do it. I want to know yeah, if you, if you think, I mean, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I'd be curious okay. if it holds up. Uh, it's it's funny because this movie came out and then Family Guy came out. Uh, right, right. Um, all right, we're going to have some upset listeners. They're like, you had all these classic Christmas movies and you picked and you the, went with the Family Man. Nicholas Cage, Brett Ratner movie. You're closing out your year with The Family Man? I mean, to be fair, we could do one more Christmas movie next week, so we could do... All of these movies could be in contention again next week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, We've got Don Cheadle. um, Ooh, love Don Cheadle. Yeah, so... um, And I think it's, like, a little bit of, like, a a modern take on... uh, On uh, It's Wonderful Life. So it's a wonderful family, man. All right. Uh, And I already know what song we're going to do for the outro, because I remember a song from this movie. That's funny. All right, next we're doing The Family Man. It's on streaming on Peacock, or it's rentable, or you can get it at your yes. le- local library. Um, it's got Nicolas Cage, so you know it's going to be a bonkers performance because it's Nicolas Cage. Right. <laughs> so There we uh, go. That's next week. Uh, Brendan, what are you looking forward to watching this week? Um, Let's see. Hoping to get to the theater to see The Fablemans. Unfortunately, I had been sick uh, the last week, so I didn't get out to the theater over the weekend. Um, But want to get out to the theater and go see The Fablemans, so that's the biggest thing on my watch list for this week. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've been trying to watch, um, uh, the Half-Blood Prince. So I might watch that. I've got to watch some more 1899. I'm going to be recording another 1899 podcast with my brother, yeah. uh, right after we get off of this, I think. Um, and I'm on to silence for my, uh, mm. 2016 movie. I really need to pick up, the, I say this every week. I need to pick up the pace because I'm only at 2016. Yeah, sure. The year is almost over. I need to get to 2022 by the end of the year. Yeah, for uh, sure. I am at, um, for anybody who's curious, I am at... 277 films logged for the year. I'm trying to get to 300 before the end of the year. So. Ooh, nice. What are you going to watch tonight? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to dinner with my brother after. We oh, right. Yes. Party, so. uh, I don't know how many movies I'm at for the year. I'll find I don't like looking at my stats until the end yep. of the year. So, all right. Well, we're going to be watching The Family Man next week. Nicholas Cage, Tay Leone, and Don okay. Cheadle. And Saul Rubinek, the great Saul Rubinek. And Jeremy Piven. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, for a, uh, I am... We say modern, but it's 22 years old. But a more modern update uh, on It's a Wonderful Life. So we will see everybody back here. Talk about that next week. Send in your feedback at lettermovie at gmail.com. Yep. Leggiadro viso, il piatto e il riso, e menzognero. La donna è mobile, tua più malavento, muta la cento. All right. Uh, what do we want to get into for the re- reviews? Uh, Sam Van Hongren has a... Uh, um, Sam has a nice rewatch review that he just did, yeah, very long uh, but it's one. very long. Um, yes. But yeah, people love this movie, so I'm not mad at people who love this movie. You know, I, I like Carson's review. Nobody likes getting the most out of a vowel quite like James Stewart. There you go. Yeah, that that is a very good way to uh, to explain the way that he talks because he does have such a unique style, kind of like Catherine Hepburn, yeah, right? For sure. Unique style. Yeah, uh, for sure. Oh, right. This is the most iconic Christmas movie because it actually is the best Christmas movie. Ah, oh, there you go. That's Patrick Willems. Um, <laughs> and uh, remember, no man is a failure who has friends with a bunch of crying emojis. <laughs> Aww. Um, well, it's a good thing we have each other. Then. 
Yeah. And then we'll end with this one. How can a movie I have watched for 30 years, every year, multiple times, some years, how can a mm-hmm. movie like this still cause me to tear up at the end? I know what happens. I've seen it before. That, my friends, is quality filmmaking. There you go. Nice. I like it. All right. Well, let's find out if The Family Man is going to be quality filmmaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, see you next week.